Welcome back to Highlighted the All Sports Culture Podcast. Kurt, Sully, Sam, back at it again. Today, we have a special guest. We teased it on last episode, but he's here today. Freshman at Stanford, five-star recruit, McDonald's All-American, Texas State Private School Player of the Year. Safe to say he's pretty good at basketball. Harrison Ingram, how are you doing tonight, Harrison? I'm doing good. I'm tired. We started 20-hour practices this week per week, so it's tough. Jeez. I'm just trying well, all right. Well, that's hey, that's what's gonna make you in a championship contender. So putting the work now, you'll be good then. But uh, let's start off. I'll ask the first question. Let's start off with your high school career. Obviously, um, you went to St. Mark's in Texas. You had, I believe, you had a shortened season due to COVID your senior year, but um, you were dominating. Twenty points, twelve rebounds, seven assists. What was it like being in high school? You know, dominating every single basketball game and being highly recruited. I mean, high school was fun. It was different. Most like top recruits would go to like a prep school or kind of transfer to a traditional powerhouse private school or a public school. But I kind of stayed. I was at my school since fourth grade. So those are my friends since I was little. I grew up with them. So kind of playing with them, knowing those people in the crowd like truly care about me. It's just like a different type of feeling. It's have a feeling of like homeness. I don't know. I don't think anything would ever feel like that on a basketball court. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, and obviously, you know, you were recruited at, you know, you were inside the top 20 um, on pretty much all scouting uh, scouting websites. Um, have you always kind of been, you know, just an unbelievable basketball player being kind of regarded as one of the best in the country? Or was it something that kind of happened when you got to high school and kind of like a late bloomer? I was kind of a late bloomer to say the top, the top, top. I was pretty solid, like top 50, top 100 type player. But they always said I wasn't athletic enough. And they said it since I was like eighth grade, ninth grade. And then my 10th grade summer is really when I kind of locked in. I did like two a days uh, every day except for Sunday over the summer. That was my big jump. Kind of reached the top 20, top 15, and stuff like that. Just working hard my 10th grade year. Yeah, I mean, with you committing, Stanford has solidified its third top 20 recruiting class in the past four years. I mean, last year they had uh, Zaire Williams, who just went in the NBA draft. Um, is it time we start talking about Stanford as a powerhouse basketball school? And why did you end up deciding on Stanford? Definitely, definitely. I mean, I think Stanford is, I mean, the best of both worlds. First off, you get the great education, great basketball, Pac-12. I mean, you're in California, you can't beat that weather. I mean, I just, I just don't understand how some, some kids can say no like to me it was kind of a no-brainer you know then the cool thing about Stanford is that to get in you have to get in as a normal student they don't let you go like they've they've had people I'm not gonna name any names but they had like five-star kids who wanted to come but then they do the application and don't get into school so they have to say no that's the one cool thing about Stanford but I definitely think returning to a powerhouse and the, the, another cool thing is that they can't do transfers so they have to arrive with their freshmen their sophomores they have to develop kids so I think Stanford's a place to be for sure. Um, yeah, and obviously you just talked about it from the academic standpoint, how great Stanford is. Uh, does going to a school like Stanford kind of show people how much you value academics when you were choosing a school to play for? Definitely. I mean, I mean high school was kind of – we weren't really known for basketball. We just happened to get lucky and have some kids come in who were good, who were there since like fourth or fifth grade, just happened to be good at the same time. My academic – my high school was actually pretty – it was like top three in the nation for academics. So I've always been high academics. My parents have always been high academics. That kind of, that kind of showed in my final list of schools, all being high academic schools. Yeah. So speaking of academics, I looked up your, um, you know, 
Stanford recruiting little bio. And it said you're, um, you don't have a major, you're undecided. What do you have any core scopes? Obviously you've been in school for a little bit now. Do you have any idea of what you want to do? So we did classes in the summer and I was thinking something sort of like business-like. That's like econ one in the summer. And that was just, that was so hard. So I don't know. I was thinking yeah. econ, but after <laughs> the summer, I don't know. I, maybe, psycho- maybe psychology or something like that. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so yeah, speaking of, you know, Pac-12 basketball, it's, it's a great conference, obviously. Have you, you gotten a chance to look at the schedule already? And if you have, is there a particular game that you're Not really excited for? Not like, I mean, let's kind of one game at a time. But it's definitely the, the month of December is really a month I'm looking forward to. We play Texas and Vegas. We play Texas and Vegas. And then we play Oregon at our place, our third place. And then we play uh, a tournament in Hawaii over Christmas. Be, and now all those games will be at ESPN. So definitely December is the month I'm looking forward to the most. I like it. And uh, while we were researching, we found this quote from your coach, and I'm sure you've heard it by now, but I'll read it out here for the listeners if they haven't heard already. Uh, so it says, Harrison is extremely skilled and savvy. At 6'7", Harrison has the tools that should translate to the college game. His ball handling and playmaking skills for someone his size is a rarity. He can score from the perimeter, mid-range, and at the rim, and his versatility on the defensive end is what we look for in the recruiting process. He's an elite competitor and has seemingly won on every team he has been a part of. Harrison has an infectious personality, and that will lift up our group. I don't want to put any pressure on you, Harrison, but <laughs> it makes it sound like you're the next LeBron. Like, <laughs> but uh, two questions here uh, based off that. What do you see your role as? At Stanford, uh, based on your coach's quote here, or just your own understanding, and right. at the next level, and given all the strengths that you were just mentioned by, what do you think you need to work on personally? Definitely. So coming in, I've been here for a minute now. I came in the summer after my USA basketball trials, so I've been here for a minute. And one thing I really needed to work on was my conditioning because I got here. They were already like in the middle of workouts, and then we went to the sand, we're like running, and I it, it really made me question whether or not I really want to play basketball. Anymore. Like that was running us <laughs> like like no other. But definitely this conditioning and just athleticism overall. I'm pretty athletic, but I also have long arms, so it's pretty easy for me to dunk. Mm-hmm. My role on the team is it's kind of interesting. I guess you would say I mean kind of just doing everything, like knocking down shots, scoring when I need to, getting everybody involved, playing defense, like guarding one through five, playing one through five. It's kind of doing everything on the court I can, and kind of do whatever my coach wants me to do to win. Yeah, and you just mentioned to it, um, before you got to Stanford, you were part of the USA basketball team, the U19 team, um, and you guys won a World Cup, which was super exciting. Um, what is it like calling yourself a world champion, and kind of how was that whole experience being a part of that basketball team? It was, it was I, I, I don't even know how to say it. it was, I don't even put words. It was crazy. Just going overseas and putting the country and how everybody, it was kind of interesting how everybody just, one, everyone wanted us to lose. Like every time we played, all the other countries were there, like cheering against the other teams. And we really actually lost our very, our very first scrimmage, we lost to Australia. And that kind of really opened our eyes. We were like, we're losing to like, we're not supposed to lose. We're supposed to be everybody by 20. And we, I mean, we we're kind of jet lagged. But winning that for the country and just hearing our, our the anthem play whenever we won and, and seeing the gold medal put on my neck, it was a feeling I'll never get back 
Yeah, that's awesome. So um, obviously you're, you've loved basketball your life. You have, a, you have a favorite NBA team that you've grown up a fan as, and is there like a particular team that you'd like dream that you'd end up on, or you just you want to go wherever, compete wherever you go? Kind of want to go wherever, but I got to rep. Oh, I got a hat. So I got to rep Dallas, man. I got to rep Mavericks. Let's go. Luca, baby. Luca. Luca magic, man. We're, we're here. This this is our year. I'm telling you. Cowboys, too. Our year. Oh, oh wow. Oh. Like those two are NFC fans. See the Giants. Yeah. Nah. No. Our team suck. We're a Washington football team. The Giants, we suck. No, so Cowboys it's, might be taking it. Yeah. It's all boy. fair. But yeah, yeah, Luca's my favorite NBA player. I love Luca. Uh, I ha- always hop on the bandwagon of the young guy that's really, really good. I love Mahomes. I love Luca. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, 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 Dallas. They need to get some. They need Luca to get some help. That's what they need. We Chris Stapps. I don't know if he's getting it done, but they might need some Harrison Ingram. Honestly, <laughs> maybe, that's what they need. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Sully. You say you like these like up and coming young stars. It's gonna be Harrison Ingram in a couple of years, so you'll yeah, just yeah, hop yeah. on his. Oh, I'm already on the bandwagon. Yeah. I'm already on it. Exactly. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Well, to piggyback off that, I mean, Harrison. There's this big debate right now. I mean, this is probably the most open the top of the NBA has been for the number one spot. So, how would you rank the top five players in the league? Mm. Putting them on the spot. Had to do it. I gotta go. I gotta go. Braun one. I gotta go. Braun one. He hasn't. I don't think he's fallen off yet. I'm gonna go. Katie two. Because yes, Giannis did beat them, but Katie to have James. He had Kyrie. He almost all. It was is his big feet. That's all it was. Big feet. My loss. <laughs> And I'm, I'm very go, thankful for those big feet. Yeah. Bro. I'm very. He's thankful. a Bucks fan, so. <laughs> it's ironic. Okay. I'm gonna go. Show, Giannis. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I see that. I got to go Giannis three. Got to give him respect. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Luke. I'm going to go Kawhi four and Luka five. That's my five. Oh, right. no Steph. Yeah, wow. I know. I know. I'm a Steph hater. It's all right. <laughs> can't can't, can't Steph. put Steph in front That's of Luka. Come on. It's Luka. It's Luka. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Um, so yeah, do you have any hobbies outside of basketball? Obviously, basketball, you said you did two days, you know, six days a week. Basketball has right. been your life for you know a long time, but do you have any hobbies outside of basketball that people definitely, maybe definitely. Know? I love my family just kind of buy this little lake house. I love going to the boat with my mom a lot, my family, and then playing chess or something I've done since I was like Queen's Gambit, the Queen's Gambit. Yeah, you ever watch Queen's Gambit on Netflix? That yeah, that shit's fire. fire. <laughs> that shit's really that's fire. fire. Yeah, I played chess. I was like four or five, so I'm pretty pretty good at chess. And that's that's pretty much it. I kind of spend time with my friends, kind of chill, do stuff like that. I that I laughed a little bit. Me and Kurt were laughing when you said you had a lake house because uh, we had a previous guest that we were supposed to have on, and he also had a lake house. And he was at the lake house when we were supposed to have him on, and he just ditched us. He never showed up. So I texted him or I DM'd him. I said, "Looks like you were enjoying that lake house a little too much." You know, as a joke, it was friendly. Yeah, you know, he didn't respond. I don't think he liked that. But uh, yeah, that that's pretty funny. But yeah, uh, so Harrison, yeah, we're very what, thankful your, that you did not yeah. go to your lake house and you came to this podcast. So yes. thank you very much. Yeah, we're very we're very thankful. <laughs> yeah. So Harrison, what what, what type of music you listening to? 
Oh, I'm sorry, I, I cut you off a little bit right there. A variety. You go, you go, you go. I listen to a variety of music. I mean, I like obviously I like the the rap, the kind of rap, the mumble jumble, like Little Dirk and Little Baby, all that stuff. <laughs> but I'm a really big Rihanna fan. I think okay. Rihanna's the goat. Okay, mind. okay, I, I like it. that. I Rihanna. like that. I like Rihanna. Yeah. She, knows, she got to release a new album. What is she doing? She's she's like a billionaire. She doesn't even release music. It's ridiculous. These she, days. she doesn't need to. She, I know. Yeah, but like, come on. Good. You got to treat the fans. Like Harrison Ingram wants an album. You got to drop an album. <laughs> she does. <laughs> exactly. You mentioned you're a Cowboys fan. Obviously, the Cowboys are off to a two and one start. They look awesome. You think the Cowboys are winning it all this year? You think it's going to be another team? What are we thinking? So, first off, I got to say, we should it should be a 3-0 and start. We should have okay. won that game. Tom Brady, I mean, he's Tom Brady, so we'll give it to him. But <laughs> this year, I'm pretty sure Zach Martin, our right guard, is coming back sometime in the next few weeks. And once he's back, Dak is – I mean, Dak right now is he's – he's playing really well, but he's still kind of – he looks kind of scared to run. So, I think once Dak – by week seven – I think everybody will be thinking Cowboys is the best team in the NFL. Wow. Mark my words. Okay. Hot take. Hot take. God damn. I'm on, I'm on the Rams train because the Giants, I, we had a week one podcast after their week one loss. I said the season was over. Everyone said I was overreacting. It's, it's not an overreaction. The team sucks. Hey. Uh, I'm, a, I'm on the ba- uh, Rams bandwagon. Rams. Matt Stafford. Yeah, it's, I love Matt Stafford. I love Dak though. I have him on my fantasy team. You play fantasy football? I do. My team, my team's pretty good. I got, I got Dalvin. Okay. Justin Jefferson, Kareem, oh, yeah. Lamar Jackson. Mm. Team's pretty solid. Oh, I like that. Love I it, like man. that. All right. Well, I think that's all we've got around here. Um, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you on your social? Uh, definitely. My Instagram is Harrison.ingram and my Twitter is Harrison I Ingram. Got it. Sounds uh-huh. good. All right, all sports culture fam, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Harrison Ingram, thank you for coming on. We also appreciate that. Um, we hope you have a great season. You're going to kill it. You're going to go to the Mavs, and you're going to be Luca's right-hand man. <laughs> yes, sir. Appreciate y'all for having me on. Of course, of course, man. Have a good night. All right. Well, just – no, I, shut up. We just finished We just finished talking Harrison Ingram. Love him. Great dude. Hope he has a great season. Uh, go follow him on all the socials that he mentioned at the end of the interview. He's incredible. Best of luck to him. But now let's talk about another basketball player that, you know. Who's not as years, good as Harrison Ingram. Yeah, not as good. I mean, honestly, two, three years ago, this kid looked like he was going to be the next big thing. Now you fast forward right now, and he doesn't even want to play for the team. They don't want to pay him. Ben Simmons. They didn't pay him his $8.25 million, I believe is a quarter or a third what is it? A quarter of his? Like I think a it's a quarter. I think, I think he's it's got a, a quarter. Yeah, I think it's like forty million. It's a quarter of his salary. Um, he obviously is not going to be reporting to training camp. You heard about the, uh, you know, Joel and Tobias Harris wanted to fly out and meet him in L.A. He declined. He didn't answer their phone calls. He's pretty much, you know, put his foot in the ground. He does not want to play for Philadelphia anymore. Um, just like he doesn't want to score the basketball when he's, um, you know, in front of the rim, wide open in a playoff game. Uh, so what, obviously everyone's forming, you know, taking sides, even though they obviously don't know the full story, but from what we know, you know, there's two sides you could take. You could take Ben Simmons side, say he should, you know, request that trade, which he did. He should be able to go where he wants. He shouldn't have to show up, um, and play training camp and whatnot. And Philadelphia should pay him. And the other side is, 
Uh, Philadelphia shouldn't have to pay him. He's not going to be reporting. He's not playing. They don't owe it to him. If he's not going to play for them, they shouldn't have to pay him. Uh, Mike, before I hear your guys' stances on this, there has to be some sort of language in here that allows them to do this legally, I'm assuming. Uh, I, I don't understand how you can't just not pay the player, but at the same time, how does the player just not able to show up? Regardless, I'll take my side quickly. Um, I'm actually taking neither of their sides. Uh, that, that's my stance because realistically, I mean, they have to meet in the middle for this to work. Philadelphia is obviously not going to pay him to not play. And Ben's not going to show up and not get his money. You have to meet in the middle. Um, overall, I'm going to be taking Philadelphia side because I kind of hate Ben Simmons and he's a fraud. Uh, but that, that's kind of how I feel. I do believe it's a little bit of a 50, 50. What side are you guys taking? See, um, I, are you Sam, no, I want no one else to talk but you. Please, yeah, Sam, please call. I feel like a dickhead if I like well, I'll let you just have that happen. No, 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 no Sam. No, no. We you need to hear your opinion no like, immediately. Go, please. Yeah. You're making me feel bad. Um, I think both of these parties have been so dog shit during this Thank entire you. situation. Um, first and foremost, Philadelphia. Uh, okay, well, actually. First and foremost, Ben Simmons, you're not good at basketball. You are, well, you are good at basketball, but you're such a pussy when you play basketball. Um, you just aren't aggressive. You have such rare athletic tools that you don't take advantage of. You never really have improved since your rookie year. And you always pull this bullshit where you're like, I'm going to pose this video of me hitting jump shots at 0.25 game speed. And you guys are all going to think I have a three-point shot now. No. Not falling for it again. But, uh, you know, it's just his play style. Him and Joel persisting that they can work together when they don't. And him just basically being a non-factor at the end of games. I mean, he had two points in the fourth quarter of all games in that Hawks series, I'm pretty sure. Something like that. It, it wouldn't surprise me if I was correct. Um, but he was nothing in that series, in the, in the clutch and obviously, you know, the wide open dunk that he passed off, whatever. Then you go over to Philadelphia side. Philadelphia, basically, right after that series, was like always just subtly jabbing at Ben, being like, yeah, Ben was the reason that we lost this series. And yes, he was a reason, but he was not the full reason. It seemed like they were just jabbing at Ben and using Ben as when you say the main hey, factor. What do you mean by that? Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey. Okay. And now Joel Embiid has kind of kicked in a little bit recently. Um, you've got Doc Rivers basically right after being like, yeah, I don't know if he could be a point guard on a championship team. Why are you saying that right after you lost the series? Is he wrong? I'm not saying he's wrong. <laughs> but, I agree. Wrong place. You can't, you can't yeah. say that. Wrong time. Daryl Morey, literally right after the series, you automatically started hearing about Philadelphia training him, you know, like immediately, like they didn't even like take time to consider. They just automatically were like, yeah, we don't want him on this team anymore. We're not really going to even try and communicate with him. And then obviously recently you have Joel Embiid basically saying, yeah, everything this organization has done has been to tailor to Ben. And we made the mistake of trading Jimmy to get Al for him and all this kind of stuff. And he was kind of putting blame on Simmons for being, for the team being in the situation that they are just both sides of the situation 
have been really bad. Like I can understand why Ben Simmons would be pissed because Doc Rivers essentially has no faith in Ben Simmons. And the team obviously is, was trying to get him out the door immediately. Like if the, my job was trying to kick me out the door immediately, why would I even show up? You know, like there's no reason to, and now that they're just not going to pay me, it's like, you know, what the hell? So it sounds so, like you're I get on from Ben's both side. I'm more on both sides. So that's what I um, said, yeah. Because I think Philadelphia has a reason to want to trade Ben Simmons, like if you get what I'm saying. But I think that they've managed it poorly in the sense that how they've treated him and also, you know, how they're putting the blame on him, not really accepting their own faults as an organization. Because I remember when you were on – your Colorado expedition last year, Sully, yes. when NBA playoffs were going on, me and Kurt were okay. talking about the NBA playoffs during that stretch. And I always was anti Elton brand. I always was Kurt can attest to that. I never well, really I blamed Brett Brown, even though I didn't think he was good. I was furiously anti Elton brand. And I said that those moves would bite them in the ass. They did. And this team still has not admitted its organizational incompetence, even though I think Daryl Morey has been a good general manager for them so far, but it's just really like Ben Simmons wants to be traded and they're not trading him. They're asking for a crazy return for Ben Simmons, which is just unrealistic. And they're just holding him out essentially of being traded, which both sides want to happen, but it's not happening. So, yeah, I guess you could say I'm a little more on Ben's side, but I can see it from both sides. I kind of rambled there for a while. I should not have gone before you did Kurt good. because Kurt's way better. Well, Kurt's Kurt, going to go. I'm Kurt just going to piggyback off what you said. And so go, Kurt. Say that. I completely agree. Well, you know, just wanted to, you know, when you mentioned the Sully in Colorado, it just made me think of how great the podcast was at that time. <laughs> I just wish it was like that, but. It's he's back, unfortunately. I'm gonna pull Ben Simmons and request the trade. I'm on digitalized. I feel like you guys know where I'm gonna be. I'm not on Ben's side, I'm on the team's side. Look, if Ben wants to get paid, show up to camp. Like, yeah, you want to get traded, and I understand Philadelphia is in the situation where they probably should move Simmons, but I still think there's a I still think before the season starts, or at least before the season is far and away into the season, Ben will be somewhere else in my opinion. And I feel like, yeah, maybe you could argue he deserves the money. What is it? 7.25 that they owe him. But at the same time, you aren't showing up. You're making the executive decision that you don't want to play for this team. You're going to fight the consequences that come with it, which includes not being paid $7 million. I go back to this and it's so funny and it just shows again how shit of an organization ESPN is when they had that whole thing for like a week about how Ben Simmons is going to be the next LeBron once he forms a jump shot. That's like the whole talk point on first take. (laughs) LSPN. Let's just talk about how fucking terrible first take is now, but maybe we'll we'll talk about that on a podcast. But Wait, they didn't uh, do those changes to first take yet, right? They did. No, they and did. Let me oh, tell really? you. I haven't seen it like, like that for a bit. It I haven't seen it so long. Horrible. It's it is really bad. Oh, yeah. Max, like, as much as people, like, didn't like Max. I loved Max. I loved Max, too. I thought he was smart, and especially when it came to, like, What did boxing, people say that they didn't like about Max? 
because I'm just, sure there was a just because he's not like this outgoing, crazy, funny guy. He's very like calm per se in his takes, even like in this whole like Brady's gonna fall off a cliff. He was pretty like I think like casual about it. He's like, I think he's gonna fall off this cliff. He got a big backlash, blah blah blah. Yeah, like Stephen A. Smith's obviously this huge personality. Yeah, they only he, like guys that are like, Yeah, Tom Brady is going to die at the age of right. 41 years old. And like look like it's I don't know. It's just I was a fan of first take. Like first take with Skip and Stephen A was like prime first take. Yeah, unbelievable it was pure comedy. Yeah, and then like I I liked Max. It was still a fine show, but then towards the end, it was so obvious Stephen A didn't want him on. And then of course he goes on the interview. It was like, yeah, I didn't want him on. I basically told ESPN to kick him off. And I hate that like ESPN is just focusing on their salary and their attention on Stephen A. Because they're obsessed with that man, right? Because you're losing guys like Kellerman on first take, you're losing Katie Nolan, which is the biggest fucking mistake that company's made in a while. You're losing key people that like have made your company for a lot of people relevant. Not that we're talking about company relevancy on this podcast, who cares? We'll talk Um, about it. It won't matter in five years when ASC is at the top of the sports media world, but regardless, um, to talk about Ben Simmons. And that stupid take that Stephen A. Smith had on first take. But I think also, like, it wasn't just him as much as I've shitted on ESPN. A lot of people were saying that take, which I never understood. And that's the thing, though. Simmons was unbelievable at LSU. Unbelievable his rookie year. Technically, his rookie year when he wasn't injured. Um, with the six with the Sixers. Like, and this guy's just gone on a complete downhill, and it's been sad to see. Um He's and been the same player since his rookie year. He's correct. been the same player. And, he, and, and people were like, his rookie year, they were like, <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Like, imagine what he can become. And he's and just he, been the same. And he's really not that bad, but he's not worth a max, in my opinion. And he's he's pretty much overrated because of the expectations that people put well, on him. But realistically, he, he's not that he's bad. He's not himself. overrated now. Oh, no, like, I know. Yeah, I agree. I, he's I, underrated now because yeah, people yeah, think he's dog shit. 100% agree. Well, I remember, he's not. He's a great player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember just, vividly. I, I don't know. I, I feel like it was just me and Sam on this podcast. Maybe you were there, so if you were, you can attest to it. But we were talking about Simmons. We were giving, like, our – this was, like, not last season, but the season prior. This is, like, really early in the podcast stage. We were talking about who should be on the all NBA like defensive team. I remember Sam was like talking about Simmons and you were like, this guy's got to be on the first team, extremely underrated because people are just dog shitting on his shot. But if you look at what he does, everything else, he's a great player. And like, that's what he was. And people like, and that's the thing is because even though he didn't have a shot fundamentally playing defense, creating space, playmaking ability he has great fundamentals to be a great player and you want to see that happen but i go back to the atlanta series because it wasn't just something that happened in those final games the whole series he was not shooting well and remember in that final game in philadelphia when you knew the narrative going into that game was is simmons going to be able to create a shot because atlanta's standing all five guys are standing like 10 feet from him when he's dribbling the ball up. There's no need. I mean, he's not going to shoot the shot. And the guy just could not create any shot. If he did, it would just not go in. And that's the thing is because we see every offseason him make threes in an open gym. And you're like, oh, 
is Ben, ben Simmons going to come back? Is it a redemption year and he just can't shoot well? So it, like we've been saying, it's the same narrative every year. I hope that he does prove people wrong because I think he's an underrated player too. But I'm taking the team side because I've never been a fan of someone. And I think Sam said this too where you said the NBA is the only league where the players basically have control. Um, I yes. think that's what you said. All right. Um, well, the, the NBA is the most player. It's the most player favored league in sports. Like yeah. every player is more powerful than ownership and such, because I think the CBA is structured that way. Um, in the case of like, like obviously you got, Anthony Davis's situation recently. And that's why the NBA implemented the Supermax. So they can somewhat keep superstar franchise players in smaller markets. Um, with Ben Simmons, you know, you're bringing up how he's he's this all-star caliber player for sure. And that in the fourth quarter, like Philadelphia just did not know what to do with him. If you rewatch that game seven against the Hawks. He just stood on the block the entire time when he they were in offensive possessions and they just threw Danilo Gallinari on him and didn't have to worry about a thing. Uh, there's a great video by B-Ball Breakdown where they basically go over that entire fourth quarter. Um, but yeah, like Philadelphia's didn't know what to do. I'm actually, I, I didn't think going into this, I thought I was more like 50-50. I think I'm more Ben Simmons side, honestly. Um but that's just me. Sorry, Kurt. I, I kind of went off on a tangent again, like I usually do. But I'm neither. They both suck. So we got well, Team Simmons, we got Team Sixers, and then we got neither. We are yeah. really uh, in agreement. Making progress. Usually yeah, we agree we, on everything, so it's not bad. Yeah, I'm glad that we all are different. When I'm right, I mean, I'm never wrong, so it sucks for you guys. Yeah, I don't know about that. But... Yeah, I mean, Josh Rosen. Uh, I've just always been right. My pick talked about Josh Rosen way <laughs> Take too much pick. recently. <laughs> we brought him up like yeah, in the past. Four or five he should never be talked randomly. about. What do you mean he should never right. be talked about? I'm kidding. He make, shouldn't be talked about all the time. Make your prediction. Does Ben Simmons get traded? If he is, where is he going? Uh, ben Simmons is going to get traded to Timberwolves. Are they going to get a decent return at least? I think, I think they'll get a little more. I, I think they'll get more than the public believes that they should get. Like the trade will be clowned upon publicly. And I think people that watch basketball a lot will say, that's not bad. Like that's solid. I don't know where he's going. I do think he's going to get traded though. I couldn't tell you a team though. I don't know really what makes sense. Timberwolves. Yeah, I do want to bring He's Boys with cat. I do want to bring up though, Kurt. You were talking about how Ben Simmons was complaining about how he didn't, how he wasn't getting paid. Well, I do want to bring up Shams reported earlier that Ben Simmons knows the ramifications of him holding out and that he's going to continue to hold out. So okay, he's fine with not getting paid. That's fine if he's okay with it. Yeah, he's okay with cool. it. That's, All right. Yeah, okay. I'm just saying. So though, I just like, want to clear that up. Yeah, yeah I'm just saying though. Like, Should we have him on the podcast? Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, have him I will say it. though, do an Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Last Rogers thing before we wrap thing. this up, because we haven't talked about this for a while. Um, I find it so funny the day after all of this comes out, Doc Rivers goes on first take. 
It's just so funny. <laughs> it is. I didn't even realize that. Oh, yeah. It's like it, that definitely wasn't planned at all. Wait, who have been the host on first take now? What's up? Who's the host? Who, who, yeah, who have the host? It's like a spin. cycle of like Kendrick Perkins. That's yeah, horrible. So Kendrick Perkins is yeah, Tim Tebow. Yeah, it's it well, bad. it's Michael it's... Irvin on Mondays, Tim Tebow on Fridays, and then like Orlovsky, Kendrick Perkins, uh, Marcus Spears. What about uh, yo? What's the guy that does Get Up? Mike Greenberg. He should go. He should be on it. They've, like gave, they've gave Greenberg so much power ever since Golic left. Like he's been in Wingo. Like he's the NFL draft host now. Oh, he's um, he's he's probably, great. He's, yeah, he's really I, good. I think Greenberg's really good. Except I really liked Wingo, but they let go of him because they let go of everyone. Anyway, all sports <laughs> culture podcast highlighted five stars. Follow us. We are the best. You guys Do are the whole best. Shebang. We're all the best. Simmons isn't the best though. Um, thank you guys he for sucks. listening. Um, until next time, takeaway Tuesday, week four coming on Tuesday. Listen, and uh, that was it. Thank you.